Well, uh, welcome to week two of I Am Second, He Is Greater Than Me. We, we started last week talking about it. We saw a great video of, uh, uh, oh, it's out of my brain all of a sudden, so you... Okay, thank you for that. And so I want to remind you of a Bible verse that goes along with this theme because that's how we uh, are discipled. That's how we grow is that we stir one another up to love and good works. We bring, the Holy Spirit brings to our remembrance the things that, he, that God wants us to know. And, and one of those verses is from John 3.30, and it's a very simple, very short verse uh, not like the big long one that the kids memorized. That's pretty impressive, I thought, uh, the psalm that they did. John 3.30 says, and while we read it together, he must increase, but I must decrease. And that's really the goal is I want to get the fleshy part of me out of the way. I want to get the old man out of the way. I want to uh, crucify, you know, the old person and live in newness of life. That's what that verse really is all about. And I want to add a verse um, to this because I think it's a very powerful verse as well. And it says the same thing, but in a, a little bit of a, a softer way, maybe, or a little longer way. This is from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Does it feel different to be in church? You're not used to this, are you? Yeah, it's wonderful, isn't it? Yeah, we're all excited in here. We have adult conversation. You don't know what to do. I know you're lost. Well, where are the crayons? I got to get the crayons. Yeah, I know. I know. We're glad you're here. Uh, 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, so all of us who have had the veil removed so that we could see. We've Jesus has been revealed to us. We know that he is the son of God. It's been, our eyes have been opened to that. And, uh, We've had the veil removed so that we can see and reflect on, on the glory of the Lord. We, we look upon Jesus and we are continuously amazed at his beautiful character and godliness and, and uh, he himself being God. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Uh, an old version of that says... Uh, uh, he, he brings us from glory to glory, from one state of being as uh, infants in Christ who need you know, only milk to grow and live to a place where we're having full meals of his divine grace and learning his character and receiving divine assignments and able to hear his voice and walking in the maturity of the word of God. And, and so he, he's growing us. He's growing us. He who began a good work in me will complete it, the Bible tells us. So those are two great verses of, that I like uh, that keep us thinking about I am second. He's first. He, he's increasing in me and I am second. So today, since we have the kids in here with us, um, I want to use a prop. We've got lots of things going on. We've got a couple surprises for you. And if the kids are filling out those papers, we'll cut a balloon off the chair up here and give it to them at the end of the service. But uh, I want to speak to everyone, but especially to the kids, about God increasing in you and how important that is. And the most important thing of all is salvation. The most important thing of all is saying yes to Jesus Christ. And, you know, I was thinking about this this week, and I'm, I'm realizing that um, you have nothing to lose by taking that step of faith. If it's all hooey, if it's all philosophy of man, if it's all fiction, if it's all made up, and you say, Lord Jesus, come into my life and make me into the person you want me to be, guess what happens? It's still real. It's still powerful. If it's fake Nothing bad happens to you for surrendering your life to this invisible God-man, Jesus. 
but it is real. And as soon as you in faith appropriate that grace through praying and asking him, that's called salvation, you begin to grow, and he begins to grow in you. So if you are got a sticking point and you're a, a holding off, surrendering to him, I just want you to know nothing bad will happen to you, even if it's a lie, it's, it's really a truth, but even if you pray and nothing happens, you've not suffered anything for it. Step over those excuses and those thoughts and say yes to Jesus, even today. To say yes to Jesus, get your name in the Lamb's Book of Life, uh, to become a part of the Christian family, all an important part of a move of God that's happening in our country, in our church, and in the world. But, th but then what? What happens after chapter 1? There's chapter 2. And chapter 2 is growing in faith. Chapter 2 is baptism and communion and learning to witness and learning to pray. And chapter 2 is discipleship. Chapter 2 is working out my salvation with fear and trembling. Chapter 2 is coming alive in the one who loves me. I learned to love him back. That's what chapter 2 is all about. And so what happens after I ask Jesus into my heart? I want his voice to get louder in my head. I want his love to get bigger on the inside of me to the place where it overflows and splashes out to others. I want his power to get stronger inside of us so that we can do the things he did and even greater things. That's what I want. I want it for me. I want it for you. I want it for the children. I want him to clean up the mess inside of us and make more room for himself because that's what he wants to do. And I want his truth to grow inside of you and inside of me. So that we can say, thank you, God, for saving me, for living in my heart, for giving me forgiveness and forever. Thank you, God. And now I ask that you would increase in me. I don't want to just stay in infancy. I want to grow. I want to become a man or a woman of God. I want to get stronger in every way till you overflow out of me to others. And I say this, especially to the children, because it is a command in Scripture that we are to help the kids, help the children to come to know Jesus and accept Him as Savior, and then to help Him grow in this wonderful, wonderful faith. And I'm proud to be a pastor of a church that is throwing everything we got at the kids. Don't you feel good about that? You have given up your big adult fellowship hall where you had your dinners and potlucks, and you have sacrificed that to embrace a preschool that is in our building. And that says young, doesn't it? It says kids. It's a wonderful thing. You've given up parking spaces to plop down playgrounds. You've spent large pieces of your budget to uh, have a Sunday school program, a kids' church program, and a youth program, and you've put basketball equipment on the campus. You, you've got these huge events with back to church Sunday and, and 5Ks that says young, and uh, breakfast with Santa and Easter egg hunt and vacation Bible school. You, I love being in a church that, that says, let's win the most easily winnable. Let's reach the children. Their hearts are open. Let's Let's do that, and the Bible tells us to do that, to help them to know him and to grow in him. We've got a motto in our kids' church program, inspiring children, the next generation of Christians, to raise them up to, to a growing faith. 
Bible verse that we all know speaks of this. It's uh, uh, Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way that he or she should go and uh, get him or her to become second, Jesus first. I put Jesus on the throne of my heart, say yes to Jesus. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Another version says it like this, start children off on the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn away from it. And one well-known Bible teacher, Charles Spurgeon, put his own spin on this verse, and I think you'll agree with him. He said, train up a child in the way that he should go, but make sure you go that way yourself. (laughs) Don't do as I do, do as I say, has always been a lousy thing to say to our kids. We should never say that to our kids, because they're going to do what we do, because what you say is just words if it doesn't match your actions. So we all know that faith is more caught than taught anyway. So what you do, what they see is what they're gonna do and be. Kids duplicate what they see. So make sure your teens see you pray and hear you pray. Make sure your children see you give. Make sure your grandkids know that you're going to be in worship every Sunday. Don't schedule something, don't schedule something. You know uh, grandpa's in church on Sunday morning. Mom and dad are in church on Sunday morning. Help them to catch faith. And of course, we need to say it too, not just show it. We train up our children, train up our teenagers, train up our adult children to follow Jesus in every way, by word and by example. And we're praying for you that you'll be able to do that. Now, I want to say something real quick to you. I want to give you a warning, drop a warning in here about complacency. Sorry, kids, that's a big word that means being lazy. Okay. Don't be lazy. I'm sure you've heard that from somebody in your house. Believers, I want to encourage you to remain active in your faith and investing faith in others. Don't get lazy toward God. Use it or lose it works in every category of life, but especially in the category of faith. People can get lazy to God. We can get complacent. We can say it doesn't matter. I should give my best effort to God because he gave his best to me when he gave me Jesus. So I should be active in my faith. I should work out my salvation. He, he, some people say, well, he loves me anyway, and he's all powerful. He's going to do whatever he wants. It doesn't really matter how I respond to it. That is not true. It is true that he loves you unconditionally. But I want you to hear this because there's some, if you do this, I'll do that in the Bible. There's a lot of, if you do this, I'll do that. Promises being fulfilled I want you to know that he reserves his promises, his fulfilled promises for those who are faithful. Lazy Christians don't see a whole lot of fruit, a whole lot of blessing, because they're not in an interactive relationship with the living God. They said yes, they got their name in the book, they got their fire insurance, and then they sat down. Don't be that person. So here is today's I Am Second challenge, one of them at least. If I want to be second... God first and I'm second, then I want Jesus to increase in me and I need to make a decision that I will never get lazy toward God. I don't ever want to be lazy toward God. I don't want to say, you know, I had this little uh, 10-year commercial break from from being a Christian. I kind of went away for a while. Why? Why would you do that? The one who loves you most beckons you to be close 
Draw near to him and he'll draw near to you. Listen to a few warning verses about being complacent, being lazy toward God. Zephaniah 1.12 says, It will come about in those times that I will search my people. I will punish the men who are stagnant in their spirit, who say in their hearts, the Lord will not do good or evil. He's not busy anymore. Let's, it isn't important. We don't need to talk about it. We don't talk about sex, money, or religion. So just stay off that topic. No, get on that topic. Talk about your faith. Be active in your faith. Oh, it doesn't matter. God will be God. He does whatever he wants to do. He created it all and tossed it out into the universe, and maybe one day he'll come back for it, but we're on our own till then, and people get lazy toward God. Luke 12, 19 says, I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years to come. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. And we're in an entertainment culture, aren't we? Where pleasure and pursuing our happiness, I'll create a new word there. And then Deuteronomy 8.14 says, Your heart will become proud. You will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of slavery, out of captivity. Oh, friends, remember the condition you were in before you said yes to Jesus and don't walk away from him. Don't get complacent. And then Second Chronicles 20, 33, um, it talks about a time when they were saying yes to God and following God, but they would get lazy toward God. And, and it says the high places, the, the, uh, the idol worship altars, the people had not yet directed their hearts to God. They were allowing a lot of worldliness, carnality, and sin in their life. So these are powerful warnings. And and, uh, but I prefer to focus on the positive verses, don't you? The carrot, not the stick. But those warnings are there. I gave them to you. But here's some positives. How about Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, 25? Let us think of ways to motivate one another, stir one another up to love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now as the day of his return is drawing near. And we gave you a 47-week challenge at the beginning of the year. Out of 52 weeks that you would find yourself in worship in the house of God, 47 weeks, that means you can miss seven, but you don't have to. <laughs> and then there's another great passage, a positive one, Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9. Uh, you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to the commands that I'm giving you. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, when you're waking up. Tie them to your heads, hands and wear them on your foreheads as reminders. Write them on your doorposts of your house and on your gates. Do you read your Bible daily? Do you pray often? Do you found in the house of God every Sunday? Do you give cheerfully? Are you serving with the talents that God has given you? He's given us his best when he gave us Jesus. We need to give him our best. We need to give him our best. We should not be lazy toward God. Matthew chapter 5.16 says, Let your light shine, friends, that they will see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That is not... That is not something that happens with a lazy Christian, but people who are active in their faith. And you are. You're here. You are. So I'm preaching to the choir. The goal is more of him and less of me. So much Jesus that, that you, you overflow. So today, kids, I want you to look up here and see something here. Here's a, a little container I wrote my name on, which means it's now ruined. I got it out of the thrift shop. Thank you, thrift shop. And uh, you can charge me the dollar or whatever that was. This is me. And when I said yes to Jesus, I asked Jesus to come in my heart. He came into my life. But something happens after that. He's just not in there, but he, 
He begins to grow, less of me, more of him. He begins to grow in me until um, I overflow. Oh, please work today. Please work today. Oh, please, 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 Ben, come up here and make this thing work. Can you do that for me? Oh, no, it's not going to Oh, you know, i got to turn that. That's why it's, it's got a little lock thing on it. Well, so Ben's going to come up and demonstrate that for you while I, uh, oh, I think you got to pull it out. Oh, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. Okay, can I do it upside down? No, i got to do it right side up. So anyway, oh, don't get that stuff on you, man. It'll be bad. Anyway, so this is not a prop that's working out really great, but I just want you to know, as you go along, Jesus is kind of goopy today. I'm sorry about that, but uh, as you go along in life, as you go along in faith, as you say, I'm not going to be complacent, but I'm going to be active in my faith, it's not just Jesus is in there, but that he is filling you up to overflowing. Some people say that's the Holy Spirit. I would agree with that. But you can be filled with His love and His light and His word and His truth and His ways. And uh, this has just taken forever to, to do. But anyway, you know what's going to happen, right? If I empty this all of Jesus inside of me, it's going to overflow, and that'll make a big mess. So we don't really want that to happen anyway, do we? No, we really don't. So we invite Jesus into our lives, and he comes in, and that's salvation. And then we continue in our faith, and Jesus increases in us, and that's fullness and overflow. Proverbs 23, 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil like we did with Luke. My cup, what? Yeah. And John 7, 38, whoever believes in me, the scripture says, out of his heart will flow. You're going to bubble over rivers of living water. So let's, let's invite Jesus into our hearts. And let's, then let's let him uh, fill us to overflowing more and more and more. You like those I Am Second videos? I've got one for you. Let's watch one together. You're going to be surprised because this one's with little kids. Let's go. I, was, I, I wanted to be a professional soccer player. I either want to be a teacher or I want to work at the library. <laughs> and I want to be a pro basketball player for the Los Angeles Clippers or Oklahoma City Thunder. Or if I don't get there, I want to be an engineer. Mm. I want to be a teacher. Our moms say we look alike. We're both seven. My birthday is January 10th. I am 10 and I was born 3303. So 33203. 2006. August 28th and I was born in 2005. And I am nine years old, gonna turn 10 May 5th. Uh, last time I prayed, probably was at school when I had to study the, uh, the prepositions. I hadn't really studied at all at, at home. I pray like seriously where I am serious about it, not joking or something like that. We close our eyes and, and do this sometimes. And sometimes I even get to knees and then pray on my bed, put my elbows on my bed and then just do that. Um, I prayed maybe a couple hours ago, like two, um, that God would just help me at recess. One time I saw Henry get hurt, 
and he ran into the post that's on our stairs and he was bleeding on his head. I, ne I needed God to help my brother because it hurt really bad and I didn't want my brother to be so hurt. Um, about my, da my dad's aunt feeling better because she has cancer. Do you think all prayers are answered? Um, um, what do you mean by answered? Like answered by God and that kind of thing. Yes. Yes. No, I do not. Cause sometimes like when you're doing a prayer that like, help me for a million, please let me have a million dollars. Those don't get answered cause it's a little too extreme. You don't need it. Uh, yeah, you don't need it. Well, sometimes not every prayer, but a lot of prayers, prayers yes. mostly. But the prayers that you basically like need, like help people to stop bullying me. It takes a few days, but um, God will help you through that. I was about to speak, but then he spoke, and um, I was basically gonna say all that kind of stuff. Like, if you ask for something that you really wanted, God's not gonna give it to you until you actually need it. Sometimes, just in my mind or in my head, I hear him speaking to me about the person or puppy or something like that. Um, I hear him healing them or just talking about the person. My favorite thing about God is that he can grant you what you need. And uh, my favorite thing about God is that he leads you into the right direction every single time. Well, my favorite thing is that we can pray to him and we can sing to him. Uh, that he's our leader and he's kind of our conscience and he tells us the right decision to make and that even though we can't see him, we know he's there. That he can heal people and he, and, um, he can help. Um, I think one of God's favorite things about me is that I can, that I am musical and I can play instruments and I can use athletics and I can use my music to praise God. And I'm part of his plan, even if I'm just a little speck, I'm one of the people in his plan. What I think is because we're his children and that he really cares for us because it's in the Bible. I, I like that God knows who he's talking to and who it's about. And I like that I am very maybe creative, artistic, and, that, and I think that's one of um, God's favorite things about me is. I think I am second means I am second to God. God made me second. Everybody, not just me. It means that God is first and I am second because if we thought we were first, we'd be gloating that, oh, I am so awesome and I can do this, but you aren't, God is more awesome. I think it means that, that like you should take turns and, and talk to God. If we were second, we would follow God and he would tell us what to do, the right decisions. But if we cut right in front of God, we could do our, make our own decisions. And sometimes when you make your own decisions, it doesn't really go well. If you could say one thing to God, what would it be? I would say, I know that you're there with me.
I could say one thing to God, it would be, um, I would, every day in church, I would praise to you, I will sing to you, and I'll pray. Probably, thank you for making me. My name is Cruz, and I am second. My name is Graham, and I am second. My name is Lily Kate, and I am second. My name is Larry, and I am second. I am second. Gabriel. I am 11 years old and I am going into sixth grade. I am really excited because that means I finally get to go to youth group with Pastor Ben tonight. <laughs> I'm not really into sports. When I was five years old, I'd even try playing soccer. It was too much running for me, even though I was goalie. <laughs> I do know a lot about animals, though, and my brother Gabriel and I have a YouTube channel called Tyler's Fun Pack Friday. You should check it out. My mom, my brother, and I moved here about a year and a half ago. My Nana already lived here and told my mother that we should check, that she was interested in checking out this church. Once we got here, we just couldn't leave. We love our Kirk Church family. We have so much fun at Kids Church every week and love the events like Breakfast with Santa and the Easter egg hunt. Kirk Church is really helping me grow in faith. I, I think of Jesus as my Savior, and I will do what he says. My church and family has helped me grow in faith by song, especially in the morning and at church. On Sundays, my mom has helped me help my walk by playing a special song every morning. Um, my Nana has helped my walk by just praying. Miss Molly has taught me to always choose the right thing to do. Pastor Jerry has helped me in every way possible by baptizing me, telling me to pray and believe, and even helping me with the Bible. I think of baptism as washing off my sins. God has a plan for each and every one of us. For instance, I, for instance, I used to live in Massachusetts. Now I live here. While I do miss stuff from there, my life is better here. I, yeah, my life is better. We are happier. This is God's plan for us. God loves us more than anyone could imagine. B 
because he sent his one and only son to die to take our sins away. God strengthens us so much that if you ask him into your heart, he will give you eternal life. These are some of the things he has planned for us. God also created us and everything else. God is kind because he will give us eternal life just for believing in him. I am Tyler Rowe, and I am second. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like that. I like that part right there. <laughs> you did? You added that? Okay. <laughs> I added that in the high five. We <laughs> that was fantastic, Tyler. You did a great job, man. I'm so proud of you. Well done, buddy. You get to do it again. You get to do it here in just a little bit. You get to do it again, so get ready. So here's how we grow in God. Here's how we participate in that. Let me just, kids, you're going to have to write like uh, crazy kids, okay? So here's, the, here's growth. Here's growth. This is from a, a wonderful book uh, that was uh, published by the people that made the billboards, you know, the, the God billboards that are all over. You've seen those. G, here's an acrostic about growth. Go to God in prayer daily. Go, fill in the blank, go. R, read God's word daily. R, read. O, obey God. Obey him moment by moment. W, witness for Christ by your life and your words. T, trust God. Trust God for every detail in your life. And H is Holy Spirit. Allow God to control and empower you. So go to God in prayer. Read R, read God's word daily. Obey God moment by moment. O, W is witness for Christ. T is trust God for every detail. And H is Holy Spirit. Allow God to, to do that. So in my study of the scriptures, I just want to drop on you, here's nine things that are going to happen inside of you as you follow Jesus Christ. This is going to happen with, and I would say without, it'll, be, it'll happen, but it'll happen very slowly. You'd be better if it, you could speed up the process by doing the growth acrostic. But here's some things the Bible says that the Lord will do, will grow in you, and you, I think you want all nine of these things. First, Second uh, Thessalonians 1.3. The Bible says we ought to always thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith, your faith, you see that word there, fill that in, your faith is growing more and more. God will do that. He will grow your faith. You say, I have little faith. Well, hang on, it's coming. And the love that you have for one another is increasing also. Faith and love. And that's Jesus being in your life. Your faith will increase, your love will increase. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. You got the faith and love in there? Okay. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all, in all things at all times, having all you need, you will abound to every good work. And need. Fill in the, it's need. God will meet all your needs. As you walk with him, you will learn that he is providing for you. He will meet your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. That's 2 Corinthians 9, 8. The word is need. Go after that balloon. Write that in there. Philippians 1, 9, another verse. I pray that your love will overflow more and more. So there's that word love again. 
So there's really eight things I've repeated. Love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in, here's a big one, knowledge and understanding. You may have to just put K and U because it's a big long word, hard to write all that in a short period of time. As we say yes to Jesus and as his spirit uh, opens up in us and grows in us, we, uh, our love, our faith, our knowledge of him and our understanding will increase. And finally, finally, this is from Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy is the word. So he, you're going to have more joy. Christians should be joyful. They shouldn't be Eeyores. They should be Tiggers. All right, just to do it that way. It should fill you with all joy and peace. You shouldn't be a worry wart. And uh, as you grow in your faith, as you say yes to Jesus, you're going to find that you're going to be a lot calmer person. You'll have a lot more peace. As you, you will have joy and peace as you trust in him so that you will overflow with hope is the last. So those are all of them. All, all of those important words, nine ways, eight ways that you grow in the Lord. And kids, if you bring that, don't bring it up to me right now, but if you bring it up to me at the end, I'll give you a balloon for filling all that in. Adults, uh, you, I, you don't get nothing, okay? You get, but I love you anyway. I love you anyway. Thank you for spending time today. We're, we're going to uh, pray together a, a, faith of, a prayer of faith, a, pr a prayer of surrender to the Lord. And then we're going to uh, have our ushers are going to pass around some offering plates for your note of encouragement. That's a part of your offering. For your connection card, that's the offering of yourself. And uh, for your, your morning giving, thank you for all of that. We'll do that in just a moment, but would you join me? There is a prayer on the screen, and it's also in your bulletin. And I wonder if we might make this good confession all together um, as we pray. Heavenly Father, I know that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And I believe that Jesus' death on the cross is payment for my sins. Lord Jesus, I humbly ask for your forgiveness. Come into my life and make me into the person you want me to be. I choose to follow.